This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Matt, we kind of touched on this last time you and I talked, but now we're getting a lot closer. We're within a week. Mm -hmm. Bills have to make a decision, not only on who they're going to keep on their 53-man roster, but in conjunction with that, what they do with guys on reserve lists. Now, Naeem Hines is already on a reserve NFI list, so he's done for the year. They can't bring him back. That's fine. Um, we don't know how that salary cap situation is going to play out. They're still working on that. But Von Miller's on the active pup list. There is no reserve pup list in the preseason or camp. What there is is a reserve pup once regular season starts. They have to make a decision. Do they want to put him there and stash away his roster spot, therefore losing him for four weeks, or do they activate him to the regular 53-man roster, take him off pup, and say, he's ready to go, let's do this, he counts on the 53. I ask you this with the knowledge that on Tuesday and Wednesday, he showed up to practice on Tuesday with his padded pants on, even though he Mm -hmm. didn't practice, and on Wednesday with his padded pants and his helmet on. I asked him when I saw him walking through the field house, you just get in the field with the helmet, and he said, got to get used to breathing through the mouthpiece again. He's getting close. (sighs) Okay, I hear what you're saying, and I think that these are important observations to have. I think Von Miller is legitimately the most optimistic and positive human on planet Earth. Probably right, yes. I think the Bills are going to put him on the pup list to start the season to protect him from himself. Because I think right now, Von is probably doing this to try and show them, like, guys, bring me back. Guys, I'm ready to go. Bring me back. This is the same guy that got injured and said, I think I can be back in a couple of weeks or I can be back by the playoffs. And then they yeah. were like, eh, just kidding. You need surgery. You're not playing for a long time. I right. think he's trying to like let them see like, okay, look, guys, like I feel like I'm ready to go. And they're going to be like, hey, we appreciate that. We appreciate that you've hung out here for the entire offseason and you've helped with coaching up all of these guys. Thanks for doing that. We'll see you week six against the Giants because we don't want your first game to be in London. We'll see you week six against the Giants. So – I think that he'll start on the pup. If he doesn't, I mean, at that point, like he'll be back soon. Like if he is not on the pup list, you're not just like throwing away that roster spot with all of the difficult decisions you have to make. Like you're not putting him on the pup list or you're not keeping him off the pup list. If you think there's only a chance he's back, you need to a hundred percent know that this guy is playing or else you're just putting him on the pup and you're being overcautious and you're saying, okay, we'll stow him away for four weeks. 
I agree with everything you said, essentially. I do think he'll wind up on the pup list for all of those reasons you mentioned. The, 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 the problem with if you do, even if he's healthy and he says, I'm ready to go, and the doctors go, yeah, he's fine. Like He can go out there and play. You're not going to go out there and have him play 90% of the snaps in week one. I mean, the guy hasn't been a part of practice or anything. He's still ramping up, and it's week one. But if he was on your active 53 and you said, let's put him on a pitch count and he's going to play 30% of the snaps, what happens then if someone like Greg Rousseau or Leonard Floyd rolls an ankle? He's got to now play, and you don't want him to play. You can't mm-hmm. put yourself in that position either. You can't paint yourself into a corner. What they could do, they could do, because I want to I want to remind everybody this. If he's on pup, Matt, can't practice either. So if mm-hmm. he's on pup, he can't even practice for four weeks. Now you're looking at, like you said, which I'm fine with, he can't even practice until the start of week five. Then let him practice and play in week six. But – if what one of the options is here, you keep him on the 53, you don't play him because you can't for four weeks, but since he, or, I mean, I'm sorry, you keep him on the 53, you don't play him because you don't want him out there yet. You just make him inactive for game day until mm-hmm. he's ready. That way he can practice as much as you want until he's ready. Yeah. Cause he can't I, practice on pop. You're right. But are you really doing that second scenario for him to come back week three or week four as opposed right. to week five or week Probably six? Not. Like, is it worth it to just lose the potential roster spot of a Kingsley Jonathan or something just to have him around for the first month of the season? And who knows, maybe he flashes and he ends up, you know, you have a different, more difficult decision in a different position. I don't know. I just think given Von Miller's age, given all of the things he's done in the league, the injury that he's coming off of, they are going to be so overcautious about this. Like, even if a doctor is telling them, hey, like, we think he's probably fine, or they're not going to say probably. He's good to go. They might be like, yeah, he's good to go, but let's just really make sure. Yeah. I, look, I'm just throwing out the other scenarios. I pretty much agree with everything you're saying about what, what's going to happen and what should happen. I, I think most Bills fans agree they shouldn't you know, put him on the field. It's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I've said it many times. I think the bills mm-hmm. understand and know they want to be playing their best football and be the healthy as they can be, you know, later in the season in December, January, and February. What if they didn't have Leonard Floyd? Would you feel the same? What if they never signed Leonard Floyd? <sighs> yes, I would feel the same because it is once again, you have to look at everything big picture and you have to look at 17 games and not just four games, five games. So I think you would, feel confident enough about the rest of your roster that you would be able to get through that point. I think with or without Von Miller, your baseline, the first four games of the season, like it should be three and one, like that should be your goal that it has to be three and one. And if you have Von Miller, sure you could win all four, but that should be your bottom. And same thing without him, like that shouldn't change. So that's why I think you just be overcautious and you bring him back when you need to bring him back. All right. Let's uh, just, Bounce around the league here for a second. I got a couple of topics I want to discuss with you. Number one is what's happening in San Francisco with their quarterback situation. Brock Purdy had that uh, UCL injury. He is back. He is playing. But they had decided a while ago that he was going to be their starter, which to me tells me all I need to know about what they thought about Trey Lance. And now Trey Lance isn't even the number two. It's Sam Darnold. They announced that. So it looks like they're going to move on and trade Trey Lance. That's a really I'll say I think it's one of the worst trades in NFL history for the San Francisco 49ers to give up what they gave up. Matt, they swapped first-round picks, gave up two more first-round picks and a third-round pick to get Trey Lance, who's played eight games for them, started like two or four in garbage time, and then uh, you know last year before he got hurt for a couple, and they're going to move on from him already. I think this is stunning. Bogey bash him in a third-round pick for Trey Lance. Do you do it? 
No, I don't think the Bills need to bring Trey Lance. I don't know. I, I'd have to know I what the Bills felt about Trey Lance. I guess so. Yeah, you know what? I think I would because I like Trey Lance. I like his physical tools, and he reminds me a lot of Josh Allen with those. That's what I mean. Tools. I mean, I mean, I know that the 49ers messed up big time with all that they gave up for him, but to write somebody off that quick, I mean, don't you just love the skill set that he has? I, I think you would you. feel really comfortable about your backup quarterback position for the next couple of years, and he's still an asset. Like, I don't think that if you trade for him, he has no value. I know that Diana Rossini, who's now with The Athletic, reported that they have been shopping him for a while, and they haven't gotten any offers for him. But, you know, you're sitting there, and you're like, okay, like, we don't know if Boogie Basham is going to even make this team we'll give you him and we'll give you a third. And the reason we can give you the third is because we know we're getting a compensatory pick. So we're getting a third round pick back anyway. So in the end of the day, like, does it really, really take that much away for us? I just think like nothing that has been Matt Barkley had a strong preseason game against the Colts. Kyle Allen had a strong preseason game against the Steelers, but nothing from either of those guys all summer has made me think like, okay, this is as good of a backup option as you have behind Josh Allen and the way that he plays like you just probably want to have a little bit more peace of mind there at your backup quarterback spot and you know like sitting here from our perspective going well Matt why would you trade something for a guy who's going to be the third quarterback in San Francisco my counterpoint is like I like Sam Darnold a lot like I think Sam Darnold could probably start on a lot of teams in this league and then as far as Purdy is concerned they were awesome with him last year. That doesn't mean he was awesome, but you're not going to just take the guy's job away after what he did last season. So it was almost an impossible from situation for Lance anyway. So yeah, I, wow. I would be I would I would be making that call if I'm Brandon Bean. The problem is I don't think San Francisco will cut bait for that little given what they paid. You know, we should first mention Matt Barkley's been dealing with an elbow injury. So right now the Bills only have two healthy quarterbacks on their roster heading into Saturday. But by then, maybe Matt Barkley's able to play. Let's see how that plays out for Saturday. But it, there's they didn't sign a quarterback or even bring one in that I know of. So it looks like mm -hmm. Matt Barkley should be fine overall. As far as the situation with San Francisco, when all this was happening, I'm like, man, they must really, really love Brock Purdy. Now it looks like, no, they just really don't like Trey Lance. Because not only did he not start or even get a chance to start, He's the number three. He's behind Sam Darnold, who beat him out. And I, I'm, I agree with you. I, I don't hate Sam Darnold either. I think that you know he's a he's a quality backup to have in this league and could start on some teams in the NFL. What about Jonathan Taylor? There's been a lot of um, Bills fans who said that they should at least investigate Jonathan Taylor. I'm not of that mind. I think that what it would take to get him, plus to be able to pay him. No way am I interested in that. And even if you could bring him in just on the salary he has, I don't know if I want to do that. For the bills for the asset. If you want to give him to the bills for free for his his four and a half million dollar salary, fine, mm -hmm. go ahead. He's a fantastic player. I yeah. like James Cook. I'm not telling you James Cook is better than Jonathan Taylor. What I'm telling you is for the assets you have to give up for what a running back means to this offense, it's not worth it to me. That's what I think. I think it's almost the same thing we said about Delvin Cook going to the Jets. And I think it's the same thing about well, it's different with Zeke over in New England, but the Bills bread and butter, their identity should be passing the football. That does not mean that they should abandon the run completely. You've probably seen talking heads on TV or on radio for years talking about one of the reasons why the Bills can't get over the hump is because they can't establish the run. I think that's a bunch of nonsense. I think it's a lot of reasons why they can't get over the hump, but that's not the main reason why. So yeah, I mean, 
good football players make good football teams better. That's obvious. Jonathan Taylor comes in the door. The Bills are a better team and they have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl this year than they do without him. But knowing what it's going to cost to get him and more importantly, what it's going to cost to have him under contract for a significant period of time. Otherwise, he's a rental anyway. And I don't that's, I mean, I, I understand mean, they're trying to win a Super Bowl and that's okay to have a rental, but the premium asset you'd be giving up for a guy like that, I don't I, on a team that's going to be so pass heavy anyway. Hey, it's Sal Capaccio from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day, your weekly source for all things Buffalo Bills. Right on time, your time. In the car, navigate the streets with NFL wisdom in your ear. We accompany every errand you need to run. Washing the windows or vacuuming the carpets? Don't just clean, conquer. Podcasts make you more productive because we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow It's Always Game Day in Buffalo in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's an interesting one, okay? And this is tricky. I, I don't think I say yes to this. If you are really interested in Jonathan Taylor, would you trade James Cook for Jonathan Taylor straight up? Well, so I, I mean, would here, I rather have Jonathan Taylor than James Cook? Probably because certainly. of how good he it's, is. It's, it's you're but going all in on Jonathan this year. Taylor. No, I I agree. It would almost so I, be like would I trade him straight up. I don't think so because I'm I'm left with nothing next year. I understand that, but you've got assets, and who knows what happens, and maybe your mind changes because of what he does. I'm not disagreeing with you because you have James Cook on cost control for the next three years, and I think that's what you need to do with running backs, and I like James Cook's upside. But I'm just thinking that's like the bare minimum you would probably be away with getting giving the Colts. I mean, they're asking for a first-round pick. I don't think they're getting a first-round pick from anybody, and if they do, I think the team that's giving them the first-round pick is not using their assets properly. So, okay, then you go to, okay, well, what about second-round picks? Well, James Cook was a second-round pick last year. He's a, he's the same position. You know, he checks a box for the Colts of like, okay, here, you've got somebody who's cheap for the next several years at running back with upside. And for the Bills, it's like, okay, now you fall into this window. of I think it was Lewis Riddick was on ESPN, and he was like, Jonathan Taylor – on the Buffalo Bills makes them the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Maybe it was him. Maybe it was Sal Palantonio. It was one of them on their get up program in the morning. And I'm like, okay, but I kind of think they're in that conversation anyway, without him. And it's not just a one year thing. You need to think long-term here because Josh Allen makes a significant amount of money, but it's interesting. It's interesting. I do think he would, he would fit and help a lot better than Miami Dolphins. I don't want to see that happen for the Bills' sake. Mm-hmm. But you add him to the Dolphins, I think that's a really interesting move for them that really elevates them even more because, to me, the running back room isn't spectacular, and they had a lot no. of problems running the ball last year. Some of that's, you know, a big part of that's their offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of move that team needs. I don't disagree with you, but then I wonder, like, how many times can you get rid of high picks in assets when you have this major question mark about your quarterback's health. Mm-hmm. If you knew Tua was going to be healthy for the next eight, nine years, you're probably a little bit more comfortable making that move. But what if you need a quarterback? What if Tua, I mean, Tua said that he thought about retiring. I don't yeah. ever want to see a player have to get to that point. But if your quarterback was thinking about retiring, even for a second, I don't think you can just plan around that guy for the next decade. And you already traded a first round pick for Bradley Chubb. You traded a pick for Jalen Ramsey. You were take you had a first round pick taken away because of all the stuff that happened with the owner. Like 
I, I don't know. Eventually, you need to use a first-round pick. By the way, speaking of retiring, how about Corey Davis retiring? I loved that guy when he came out of college. It was like a huge Corey Davis fan when he came out of college, Western Michigan. I'm like, oh, my God, that would be great out of Bills. And I was wrong on that. didn't turn out very well. Titans, Jets, now he's going to retire. So he uh, made it known today he's going to retire. Matt, before we leave, um, unfortunately, we started with the passing of your grandfather. And yeah. I want to end with um, the passing of Rick Jenneret. You know, yes, he means a fun. lot to so many people here in Western New York and in you know, I told the story on the radio when it happened that Friday morning when I went on, just to give you an idea. When I found out Thursday night, I called my mom, who's 72, and the next morning I told my son, who's nine, who both needed to know because that's how much he spanned all of our lives and generations. Um, there's going to be a, a nice memorial and tribute to him, I should say, on Sunday down at Key Bank Center downtown. In case anybody hasn't seen that, you can check that out. Um, the Sabres have tweeted out about it and talked about it. Uh, but, you know, when I was growing up, it was the voices, Irv and Rick and Tom on your station, of yeah. course, legendary, um, you know, Van Miller, John Murphy, but atop the mountain was Rick Jenneret and always will be an indelible voice in my head. And he is a very, very big reason why people like you and I do this for a living. He was my hero growing up. I mean, I idolized Rick Jenneret and I know that probably is silly for some people to hear and you're like, okay, well, he was a hockey announcer. But when you are a kid and hockey is your favorite sport and you live in a city like Buffalo, like I never thought I was going to be one of the players on the ice. I always wanted to do something like Rick Jenneret. And my mom tells me stories of me standing on the fireplace and trying to like imitate Rick Jenneret. He scores and doing it for, you know, all those years when I was a little kid. I just, when I think of the Sabres, I think of that voice. I think of those moments and he elevated those moments. Like all of my favorite memories of the Sabres as a child, all of my favorite memories watching games with my dad and with my grandfather, like people who I have lost recently, he was the voice in the background. And I think it makes those moments and those memories just a little bit more special. And I know a lot of people feel the same way. I think when you think of your favorite Sabres moment for a lot of people, he's the voice behind that. And I think that's one of the reasons why he was so special to so many people. So an unbelievable career, an awesome person who I was yeah. very fortunate to get, you know, the chance to meet and interact with several times over the course of my 10 year career working at channel seven and he'll be missed. He will certainly be missed. No doubt about it. And we extend all of our condolences and thoughts to Rick Jenneret's family, friends, the entire Western York community, the hockey world, losing a legend in Rick Jenneret. Can I, say one, more thing? Yeah. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. This is not, this is not a death. Okay. Like I, I want to make that very clear, but okay. you, you mentioned Irv, Rick and Tom, and it made me think of something. Mike okay. Randall has worked yeah. at channel seven for yes. years on Thursday. He is retiring. So wow. this podcast will All be right, out. Mike. That is Mike Randall's final day working at channel seven, okay. 40 right. years at channel seven. I love it. Legitimately. One of the most talented people that has ever worked in Buffalo broadcasting in any medium, any platform. Mike Randall is also a legend and deserves to be recognized. And I know this is a sports podcast. Some people will know who Mike Randall is. Others will not. But hey, if you do something for 40 years and you're really, really good at it, you deserve a little bit of shine. And I've always really enjoyed Mike Randall as a colleague and as a friend. So kudos to you. Shout out. Enjoy retirement. You have earned it. Amazing. Love it. 
Congratulations, Mike Randall. Great place to end this particular podcast. Don't forget, we are always on video. If you're listening to us, you want to see our faces, you can do that. Go to the YouTube page, at Sal Sports. We're getting some great numbers there. A lot of great feedback on that. Thank you very much. Thank you to Mike Rabier, our producer here today. Not only, obviously, on the video side, but on the audio side as well. That's where you can always find. It's always game day in Buffalo. iTunes, Spotify, we'd appreciate you subscribing and throwing us a nice review, five-star rating, a big like, all those kinds of things that you do on social media. All right, Matt, um, on to Chicago, and then it's on to the regular season, buddy.